there's three quick takeaways I want to give you from the Titus 2 passage. Tying back into Acts chapter 9, where Ananias, where the Lord appeared to the apostle Paul, and Ananias is now going to him and say, hey, I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me. He appeared to you, and this was supposed to go down from this point forward. So in like manner, then the apostle Paul begins to write these letters to the churches, and this is to a specific church planner who's leading a church, and he's telling him, hey, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what life's supposed to look like. And here is your empowerment to do so. Does that make sense? So watch this. Three helpful takeaways. First, I want to show you that grace is God. It's not a thing. It's not something you just swipe your card and bam, there it is. No, 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 no. Grace is Jesus Christ. It is his person. It is who he is and what he has done and continues to do our life. Where do I see that? In verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. John 3 says, for God so loved the that he, his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not sin appear. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He came to us just like he came to the apostle Paul. Why? Because he loves us. Loves us. Watch this. Do this real quick. Real quick. Close your eyes. And just condition your spiritual ears to hear the Lord tell you, I love you. When was the last time you let yourself be still in his presence in that way? Because we want God to always show us that he loves us. He's already done that. And he don't mind doing it again if that's what's needed. But because he's the only wise eternal king, sometimes he just wants you to be still so he can speak it. Because man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Just let him speak to your soul sometimes. Psalm 116, I was reading it through mic check. I love the Lord because he has heard my cry. And I love him because he first loved me. So that's the first thing I want to show you. Grace is God. The second thing I want to show you from this is grace is God's power. It is his person, but it's also his power. Titus 2, 12 and 13. It trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. When last time any of us did that, and I ain't asking you to put up your hand, it's rhetorical. When last time have you done that? I did that the other day with sneakers. I did that the other day when I wanted a Butterfinger and I didn't go by the corner store to give me a Butterfinger. I like Butterfingers as a candy bar. And so I just had a meal and I had that saltiness going on in my mouth. 
and I wanted to contrast or combat the saltiness with some sweet, savory goodness, and for my soul, it's a Butterfinger. So I said no to the Butterfinger because that was a worldly passion. I'm being simple with this. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep in other stuff, and then you, I want people to come back and love with us. You know what I mean? I want them to come back. So I'm just being simple. I'm going to talk about me, B. Is that okay? So that's one way that I did it. I know it sounds simple, but it's still God's power. And what we need to understand from that is God also helps you in the simple. God will also help you in the small and what you perceive as mundane in your life. Because if he does not, then the other scripture comes into the play, Jamasia, where a little leaven leavens the whole up. It's amazing the little bitty hole an ant can get into, and next thing you know, you got like 12,000 of them in your house. It's like you can spill a little bit of juice and a little bit of drop of juice there, and somehow they find that little bit that you were never going to see unless the ants got in there. It just takes that little bit to have a whole lot take place in the moment. So what am I saying is don't always, and I mean always, just look for God in the big. Please utilize his grace in the small and mundane. Because if you don't, you are going to receive something that only his grace is going to get you out of. But why don't we just stay in the grace versus having allowed the grace to get us out of something again? Now hear me, that's what I'm speaking of, self-inflicted matters. I'm not saying about the, just the trials of life, things we ain't got nothing to deal with. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? I'm talking about things that we self-inflict on ourselves. Well, get me out, I just, get me out of this relationship. Well, you should have asked somebody before you started. You should have had your church praying for you. You should have told somebody you was going out on dates. You should have had, now you're caught feelings. That little bit, Jenny Royer, now they're turning it over because you, you don't know how to turn back now. Well, I don't know how to tell him or her that, that we ain't supposed to be, that we ain't, I ain't, that, that, well, you're in too deep now. And when you deal with matters of the heart, oh my God. But if you would use the grace by way of your faith community, I told you want access without accountability, right? If you were to use your, your faith community then. Third thing. Told you I was almost, third thing, I'm done. Lord, I clicked out my message. Lord, what's the third thing? Put it on screen for me, family, if you will. Third thing. God's grace has purpose. <laughs> hey, that was grace. They already had it. See, I had backup. Grace already had backup. God's grace has purpose. Watch this. Verse 14. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all unlawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous from good works. His purpose was to redeem and to purify. It's my last point for today. His, his purpose, right, God's grace is his person, it's his power, and what was his purpose for all of that? To redeem and to purify. Now, just so we'll understand, again, this is foundational. Redeem means to rescue, to set free by paying a ransom. 
Redeem means to rescue or to set free by paying a ransom. We've all seen those movies where you've had either like the transporter or you've had man on fire where some child or some person of royalty got kidnapped and the evil people want some money. You need to wire $50 million to my account by X number of time. And then all of a sudden, you got doom, 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 007 or whoever you got coming in, the transporter, Statham, you know, he rolling in the Audi, you know, he doing all this type of stuff. Or you got Denzel, Denzel using cigarettes and duct tape to make things happen, right? I'm just saying, was that not what he did in the movie? He used cigarette duct tape, did he not? So, right? But watch this, none of them had the ability or had the resource to pay the ransom. All of them used a special skill in order to pay the ransom, or not, not pay the ransom, in order to rescue. And in like manner, Jesus used a special skill that's only connected to him. And his special skill was undying, unconditional love. Love that never loses its power. And that love came down in the person of Jesus Christ. And the work and worth of Jesus Christ rescued us and redeemed us and paid a ransom in full. Not only did Jesus have a skill, but he had the resources to pay the bill. So most, watch this, all of our heroes, whether fictional or real, they can only do one or the other. Our God can do both. Purify. To be cleansed from impurity and restored to a purified state. Christ rescued us. His selfless act of love on Calvary's cross has provided the means for our redemption. It was a release from the debt and penalty of sin that our rebellion, our rebellious account got charged with. For the believer, this should cause us to look back to God's effective work of grace that he paid in full the debt of sin and brought us into a new status which is in him and he made for himself by the power of his gospel, executed by his son Jesus Christ, a people that should become God-loving and God-looking. Simply stated, to make us God-like. It's godliness. That's essentially what it is. And so from this, he wants us to want him and wait for him. The end of that verse in Titus, it says that we are waiting for the glorious appearing again. That word appearing again, there's going to come a day when the Lord is going to appear again. And what is he going to look for then? Will he find faith? Remember that mustard seed? That's all you got to have, that mustard seed faith. Oh, yeah, we want that to mature and grow. We want to get planted and rooted and grow and take flight and become a canopy over other people. Yes, we do. But my brothers and sisters, he wants us to want him and wait for him. Jerry Bridges, who's a brother in Christ, he says it this way, and I'm closing. Our worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good 
that you are beyond the need of God's grace. So if you're a student, if you're a parent, if you're a spouse, if you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're a boy, you're a girl, no matter the age or stage of life, God's grace is sufficient. So here's what I want to do in this moment. You can stand to your feet. For the believer at this moment, here's what I want to do. I want to call you to a refreshing. I want to call you to a refreshing of your need for God's grace. It's not something that we should omit from our lives. And some of us need that refreshing of God's grace as it relates to being a church family. Not, we'll talk about this next week, but not speaking so negatively of God's bride, the church. Knowing that we're all flawed people in need of the grace of God. Could we do it better? And he wants us to do it together. My sister Wambui prayed this morning how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commands the blessing. Life forevermore. Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will finish up his message, which has been titled, Amazing Grace. This message, which speaks the beauty of God's grace, can be found in Acts chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts chapter 9 right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck begins the next message in this grace-filled series of messages.